0: Hello and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on bff.fm or subscribe to the podcast at fortherecordpodcast.com. This week we're talking about the third album from the rural Alberta Advantage, which is called Mended with Gold, and on this album it is all about the drums.
1: saddle creek records they're a canadian trio with which i was not particularly familiar before listening to this album but certainly they make quite a statement by putting the drums up front and what's nice is we had the chance to see these folks live at the independent which they managed to sell out during world series week which was they were very excited about and yeah they they were delighted and very polite about their delight it was a
0: really it was a real step up for them too because the last two times they've played in San Francisco they've been at bottom of the hill which is of course a much smaller capacity and it was i saw that last show and it was a much or I guess I saw them when they toured on their first record, which was Hometowns, and then the last one was Departing, and I missed them that time. But anyway, it's a much bigger venue for them, and they were excited about that.
1: Yeah, they they really filled it up, and that was an, an enthusiastic, maybe a little overly enthusiastic crowd, let's say. But uh, a part of the fun thing about their live experience is that I, they recognize how important their drummer is and instead of in most bands they put the drummer in back here the drummer is right up front, front. we had the good fortune to be located pretty much right in front of where the drummer was to see him at work and you he, you know he really just creates such an amazing texture and when you have the other you know it's a trio and a guitar that's just kind of being strummed and it's, at least on this track it's the drums do so much of the heavy lifting and it's it's nice to see that rewarded in the live show and deli- a delight to hear both recorded and live.
0: Yeah, I'm, I would leave the top two spots, obviously, for John Worcester and Janet Weiss, although I won't say who I think is one and two. But I think he's possibly the number three rock drummer making music right now. His name's Paul Banwat and he's amazing. And on top of it, he's an IP lawyer or an intellectual property lawyer by day. So go lawyers. Anyway, but yeah, he's amazing. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to keep saying that over and over throughout the podcast. But like you can just assume after every track that we would be talking about the drums if we weren't going to be repetitive. But that's not to You know, he's great, but that's not to take away anything from the singer guitarist. His name is Nils Edenloff. And I think he writes most of the songs and he's got a real aggressive kind of intense strumming style. And even though his guitar playing isn't virtuosic by any means, it's pretty simplistic. And, you know, he sticks to a pretty small range of chords. But he's got a real passionate style that really, I think, works well with the music. And his voice gets compared by every single reviewer to Jeff Mangum of Neutral Milk Hotel, and I think that's an apt comparison, actually, but it's, it's just very emotive and really kind of conveys the mood that I think they try to get across in these songs. And so we're going to play next one of the tracks that really kind of focuses more on his voice and puts the drums a little bit more in the background, and that's Runners in the Night. Eyes,
2: our
0: thoughts were crippled by desire Suddenly you start colliding in life
2: I
1: yeah his guitar work and and you know you put your nose on it that it's put it on the nose excuse me that it's not it's not virtuosic but it in a sense like he he knows how to make the most of it that you know he's strumming but it's so percussive and i think that's what, especially when the drums back off a little bit and he's able to really he's pounding that guitar and the drums and the gu- guitar together are kind of the rhythm section in a way that is it's a very satisfying sound Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. and I, I like this song because it's also thematically one of the songs that gets to the heart of what I think the through line is of the lyrics of the album which is these are stories and going back through all three of their albums I think this is a thematic through line which is songs about that are closely tied to places and are about Um, feeling at home and then feeling claustrophobic and trapped and fleeing to a new place and then having ambivalent feelings about the new place and nostalgia for home but like a fear of going home and there's all this tension about being on the run and this sense of anxiety about needing to keep moving. You know, the song's title is Runners in the Night and, and I think the instrumentation plays up that emotional content well. And, you know, one of the lines in this song that I really like is, our thoughts were wicked by design. If we can get home, then we can get right. And it's this idea that, like, if we can just get to a certain place, then we'll be able, then everything will be fine. But that never seems to ever really happen in these songs.
1: Yeah, the, the lyrics are incredibly evocative. I think a lot of times just going to extremes, just extreme ice that's cold wrapped around your throat in some songs. And then in this song, you're running into a fire, that it's just ice and fire and these extremes of just, horrible experiences and then other times sort subtleties or nice turns of phrase like the wicked by design or in yeah, talking about the concentric rings and your bones don't lie and that sort of likening bones to a tree and this sort of a totally not realistic but very visceral idea of you know age being this unavoidable process and you can't fool it as much as you want to go back as much as you want to be young you're not that's unavoidable you're growing into whatever is coming and with this band that's probably either dying of freezing or being burned alive yeah,
0: yeah. cold is a really big through line too yeah. and that's you know very canadian and so one of the songs that talks a lot about cold is this city which is what we'll play next
2: oh for now it's all gone We're to be right waiting
1: So Amy Cole the keyboardist and backing vocalist uh, in this band she, she's definitely the least flashy and she's very rarely prominent there's only a couple of songs where she sings in front and I think some of those songs we maybe are not going to talk about I think
0: I don't think she sings in front at all I think what you mean is there are a few songs where she sings actual words <laughs> like a, okay. a, most of the time she just kind of does the
1: ah Yes yeah fair fair point yeah I think that in front is a relative term I think where she even gets close to the front in terms of having these sort of discernible vocals and I think where she becomes most prominent I think she she doesn't necessarily have the strongest voice and it can be not the most engaging but I think when she's in the background vocally it adds that texture and really fills out the sound and are similarly the synth work or organ work the keyboard work that she does it's not as prominent I think we already talked about two songs where you really barely hear it I think there's just tiny hints of it in there but then you hear it in this song and then you realize oh this song wouldn't you know it would not wouldn't be the same it does it provides a necessary Mm -hmm. service to the band
0: and her voice has kind of an iciness to it, which I think goes well with the imagery of the cold and you know like I said the I like the way that the instrumentation and the sound and the vocals tie well together with the lyrical themes and this is a song where it's all about being cold and here this is a song where they've you know if you if you listen to all of the Royal Alberta Advantage records the it's the very first album starts with the first song that the line is invariably we left the prairies and it's about kind of like leaving for the big city. And here's a song where they're in the big city and they've arrived, but it's still cold. And there's, he's still complaining about it. And I love the, there's a line, you know, the wind is cold and it cuts or the, Sorry, I'm misquoting, but I think it's the wind is cold and it cuts through my toque. And you didn't know what the um, what a toque Not was. Not a word I had ever heard before. Yeah, it's a like a beanie, you know. Like we in Southern California would call them toques, but in the Bay Area, there you would call it a beanie. I didn't know. Yes, because we're civilized. So apparently, in Canada, they call them toques. Anyway, but um, you know, there's just all this imagery about the cold, and I think it's in all we've ever known. He talks about the wind wrapping around my throat in, in a really kind of aggressive almost like like the cold has a personality. It's violent. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, the way that the instrumentation, instrumentation and the lyrics tie together I think is also really evident in this next song called Forty Five Thirty Three. That's 45-33 like the record speeds and it starts with these great stittery kind of symbols that just give it a really anxious feel and Well, we'll just play it.
2: Can I love you too much? Can I love when your heart burns it
0: up? Yeah, I love the way Paul switches up the stittery, the st- I keep saying stittery, and what I mean is stuttering uh, cymbals hi hat with the punctuating bass drum. And it's just really showing kind of creativity in it, the percussion that I. I'm not a person who normally notices drums, and so the fact that this stands out so much to me as being such a key part of this album, um, I think really speaks a lot to it.
1: I think you've invented a great new word, stittery, combining jittery and stuttering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think the song is is one of the, f- I think the first one we're talking about that I plays out all of... I th- I think a lot of this band strengths where they're able to combine a song that has these really loud and jangly sections. And then these bits that are pretty quiet and plaintive where the drums drop out and it's just a voice or just a voice and a very quiet guitar. And it also has a feature that shows up on a few songs in this album. And I think was a feature of the first rural Alberta advantage. And my goodness, that's a hard band name to say sometimes, but I think the first song of theirs that I heard had this, which is these songs where it just kind of, it, it, it alternates quiet and loud, quiet and loud. And then it kicks into this third gear of just, ah, or oh, or la, da, 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 da. And it's, you know, almost wordless, but these kind of soaring vocal choruses that are, you know, incredibly satisfying, even as they can be a little cheesy, but in a, in a really hearty, a nice soup on a cold night kind of way. And, you know, the sound type suits this apocalyptic Uh, kind of vision here of can I love you too much when your heart turns to dust, that it's just this trying, you know, trying to make things work. And just, it just ends in tragedy. Uh, I do like the cleverness also here though, along with that apocalyptic vision of just like 45 and 33 being sort of this nice way of imagining two people just kind of not being at the same, on the same wavelength, not running at the same speed. And how tough that is here. Another songwriting strength that also shows up on this song is this, tempo changes that it's you know slow and fast and slow and fast uh not as dramatic here necessarily but i think really comes full bore in this next song that we'll listen to the build
2: they stole my bag from the car they stole the shells out of my
0: that song they're not they're not only changing up the tempo but they're really ramping up and down the emotional intensity yeah. and it really it's almost like they're showing off in the way that they can sort of manipulate our emotions and I, I just really like that song
1: yeah the, the title is very appropriate for the the sound of the song that it's I think you know we, we kind of came in after the very beginning where it's just him singing quietly over a slowly strummed guitar and builds smoothly to that just completely crazy drum so fast drumming and a track where you you know seeing him live you appreciate him being a front because seeing someone drum that fast and with that much passion is, is pretty great to experience
0: I like this track too because it has some of the more interesting lyrics on the album like there was the line that thunder cracks like an old man's back which I think is really evocative and it stands apart because that is actually one of the issues that I had with the album and I think that takes it that keeps it from being truly great is that a lot of the lyrics are about love and about places and cold. and but the especially the love stuff is very kind of genericized and it's not, I feel like it's the same kind of, issues that i hear in many other songs where like the it's just not that specific it's like you know oh we love each other or we're having problems but it's not it's not that interesting and i I think that you know nils shows that he can be a good lyricist when he wants to be and he has these really lovely images that are peppered throughout the songs but there's just not enough of them
1: yeah the the songwriting instincts are pretty pop that i think love is a Prominent repeatedly sung word in a, a more of the songs than it isn't on this album And they're just kind of unabashed. That's so like yep We're gonna sing about love and then we're gonna sing about love again and yet then there there's these you know these moments of You know that sort of imagery or the melancholy of that this song is building It's a build and then it just ends with we had so many plans and it's building to a story of things that weren't built plans that didn't come to fruition mm-hmm and and so it's pop songwriting with just this heavy dollop of of melancholy.
0: And another song that talks about things unbuilt or falling apart is Vulcan AB and that's the song that that's the next track on the album and it's also the one we'll play next.
1: A sci-fi geek, I'm of course appreciating that taking this the fact of a town called Vul- Vulcan in Alberta and using that to drop the Star Trek reference of you and me in the Enterprise. And But at the same time, that's a nice sort of ironic contrast. A story about exploration and going to the stars is used to frame this song, yet another song about feeling trapped.
0: And this is also a song where the keyboards are a little bit more prominent. And we talked about how Amy Cole is kind of in the background uh, through most of this album. And here she, her sound is a little bit more noticeable. And I feel like even though she's in the background through most of the album and, and in fact, through all of their albums, she really does contribute a lot just because, you know, you, if you can imagine hearing them without that sound and it would be a very different sort of album. And, and, I think what she adds is subtle, but it's significant. And I, you know, you have to figure that they think so too, because when you have a three piece, everybody always really pulls their weight because you can't. There's nothing to hide behind when there's only three players. So you know that they appreciate that she's bringing something to the table.
1: And what she brings also is that uh, a versatility because she's playing keyboards, but she uses them to play more of a traditional piano sound, a kind of quiet sound, a banging piano sound kind of these crazy organ wall, you know, almost a drone, different sort of subtle synth shadings. And, you know, she might be in the background, but she's very versatile. She doesn't demand the spotlight. She's a versatile and team player.
0: And you mentioned the subtle shadings. One of the things that took me, well, actually took me seeing them live to pick up on was that there's some vocal processing going on here. And there are on a couple of the other tracks too. And when we saw them live, they had um, like an old timey telephone hooked up as an alternate mic, and that's what he was using to sing through these.
1: Yes, I, I feel old because that old timey telephone is pretty much a normal 1980s telephone.
0: Yeah, well that's old timey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm old.
0: Okay, so we've gotten this far and we still haven't talked about the lead single off the album, which is a song called Terrified.
2: Terrified Honey, I got you if you pull the night.
0: This song goes thematically together with um, this city and Runners in the Night and this theme of being afraid and fleeing and claustrophobic. And one thing I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the lyrics being a little bit too ambiguous to for my taste. Anyway, this whole song is about him. He's talking about being terrified, but you never really understand what is it that he's terrified of.
1: And, and I actually came away maybe feeling a lot less Ambiguous here. I think there's ambiguity about who is terrified because I think he's singing to someone else, and it sometimes seems like he's suggesting that the other person is terrified. Other times, perhaps he's terrified. It's not totally clear, but the why seems like it really comes in. And you know, I talked about the songs where there's kind of this chorus where it, which is sort of wordless, and you know, where it's just ooh or la la la. And this is actually a song where it sounds like it's wordless, but then. The lyrics are, he's saying love is X, love is Y, love is unexpected. Love is, you know, just kind of rattling off what it is. And then when it leads in the chorus is, you know, how did you expect to get old? And then old becomes this sort of wordless chorus, but he's saying old. And so I took away from this that the terror is that sticking with someone means growing old with that person. And that's kind of scary.
0: You know, it's funny. I I read in an interview that he wrote this song and actually a lot of the album when he was holed up in a cabin on the Bruce Peninsula, which, as I understand it, is like a woodsy kind of pretty area. And he was he found it very scary because he was alone in this cabin and there were like bears and you know animals outside and cold wind and and so I kind of and and you know the the imagery in the song is about holding a knife is the way it starts out and stuff. It's, and so I focused more on the concrete fears and you took, you interpreted it as more as like an ex- existential fear.
1: Yes. Being, being in the woods can certainly help take those more abstract things that are abstract and make them feel a little more concrete. True. And I think the entire album is about balancing that sort of existential dread of growing old and feeling trapped and just kind of, regrets and running away and running back home and just pretty much being thwarted at all turns and that's balanced with super concrete sort of dangers, knives wild animals, fire ice, just all of these different sort of cataclysmic outcomes and thematic through line I think coming into us getting ready for this recording uh, I didn't know that I had one but I th- realizing now yeah that it's just all these different existential terror very real concrete terror and they're one and the same like one is not more scary than the other throughout and you know consistency in sound you know consistency thematically consistency lyrically sometimes to their detriment with love 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 enough already but mm-hmm. that but the sound is super consistent and I was on a business trip and super tired and kind of was planning just to listen to this album and accidentally put it on just, Oh, I'm going to listen to this album and then their next or the previous album and just kind of was going through the full library. And I think I made it onto the third album before, you know, I was pretty out of it. And so I didn't even notice that it moved on to another album. And that's, I think how consistent their sound has been over the course of three albums. And yet that said, you know, they're consistent. And I think that, you know, they have a, Maybe not the deepest bench in terms of different kind of tricks up their sleeve, and yet, I think other bands in that situation would really just start plagiarizing themselves and just start keep keep you know writing the same song over and over again. And despite th- that consistency, it never feels like it's just the same song over and over again.
0: yeah I agree with everything you said And I don't really have anything to add So we'll just go out on the penultimate song on the album Which I also feel is possibly the most powerful And the most emotionally resonant And that's Not Love or Death So thanks for listening Nothing's gonna change